Welcome to the DGR Podcast. I'm your host, David Gray. Hello everyone, David here. Welcome back to the DGR Podcast. Episode number 48 is now in the books. So thank you all for joining me. Hope you're doing well. I have a great guest today. I have Samantha Chacha, the best name I've ever had to say, I think. I had a great chat with Sam today. Sam has been making everyone on the Instagram jealous over the last several months, I think. She's been traveling. She's been building a business. She's been coaching. She's um, a coach who specializes in kettlebell coaching and education now as well. So she's educating a ton of other coaches around the world. And she's building a mini empire as far as I can see. And I that's basically what I had a chat with her today about. I was like jealous of her, what, what she was doing. And I wanted to. I wanted to figure out how she was doing it. So how was someone who was working full time in two jobs or working working quite hard in two different jobs? How have they been able to completely kind of change direction in some ways and start to build a business and as a as a solopreneur, as I like to say it, and, and travel at the same time and all these things. So I wanted to chat to her about that and she duly obliged and, and um, gave me lots of good things to think about. Also, Sam has had a couple of health issues recently or complications. Um, I don't really know exactly how you would put it. And she was happy to chat about that as well. So really great episode, really great person, really great coach. And I think she's going to go on to do some really big things in the industry. So I'm hopefully after getting in relatively early in that journey and um, looking forward to watching it along the way as well. So without further ado here's sam and uh, make sure you are samantha and make sure you um give it a share and a like and a shout out for both of us if you do enjoy it my first question is you could probably get this all the time but how do i pronounce your last name (laughs) yeah so officially it's pronounced as chacha italian background however i always say this i did not know that until i went to italy first time when i was 30 and I was actually at a certification with a name tag. So I didn't say anything. And the Italians, they walked up to me and they're like, cha-cha. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, and you're from the South. And I was like, how do you know more about me and my life than I do? So I went back to the States because growing up, we pronounce it as Siasi. And that's what I'm used to. Yeah. And uh, we did like a 23andMe. And it turns out our family's from the Calabria, which is the Southern region of Italy. So it was just a really funny story. So I'm trying to get used to saying cha-cha now instead of siasi, but to have it. <laughs> cha-cha is a bit more exotic, I think. So yeah. I like it. Uh, yeah. We were actually in Italy this year. We went to Rome and then we went to the Amalfi Coast. We had a friend's wedding there and we kind of traveled around. So I loved it. It was, just, it was, it was great. Have you been back now on this trip? Oh, yes. I've been Italy. So I have a friend who lives in Northern Italy and um, essentially she was like my home away from home. So I left like my clothes there. I would pop in, hike the Dolomites real quick, say hi for a weekend, and then continue on around Europe. So yeah, I've been back. I always try to make an effort to go at least once a year to visit Italy. Yeah. I just love it. It's a cool country. Okay, nice. So we're going to talk today about your, you're a solopreneur, I think is how I would, how I would say it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you used that term before? I actually have never heard of that before. I like yeah. it. It's good, isn't it? Solopreneur. It's not mine, but like I... um. I like it. It's different. It's a bit different to an entrepreneur. I think yeah. you're a solopreneur. I, 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 maybe I'm just saying that, but are you in business on your own? Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was a solopreneur and then Kira kind of, they crashed it and uh, made <laughs> things much better. So, so I can't, I can't use that term anymore, even though it's, it sounds cool. But um, 
do you want to give us a little bit of a, a background? Yeah. And how you kind of got to where you are at the moment? Sure. It's kind of a wild story, actually, because maybe some of you guys know I actually was a um, healthcare professional. I think oh, I still am. I'm just not currently practicing. I um, graduated as a physician assistant and worked in emergency medicine for 10 years in New York City. And the reason I chose emergency medicine, A, it's a really awesome career to get into and you learn so much. And I do very well in high stress situations. So it just blended. But the scheduling was really cool. Whereas like full time was three days a week, not realizing three long, stressful 12 hours a day, but that gave me the freedom to do a lot of other things on the side, like train, because that was my passion. I had a bachelor's in kinesiology. So I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to do something. So I got a side job in um, New York as a group fitness instructor. And basically throughout the years of working full time, I was doing some type of training from group fitness to leading group fitness to essentially like coaching a group of people, then independent training. And I came to a point where my ER schedule was getting a little intense and I couldn't keep up with the in-person training. And the only way for me to like get my fix in the fitness and helping people was to go online because I had create my own time and freedom in between my shifts. So that's when I started building social media and be basically saying, well, I can't be here in person with you to teach you this, but I can create a post and you can watch the post or watch this video. And then before I know it, people started feeding on They're like, oh, wow, like she knows what she's talking about. Someone who's actually credible in the industry is speaking up, which I think is really, really important for people who are in that position. And then forward to today, people kept asking, do you like you teach so well, do you have a course? And basically so many people kept asking, I was like, maybe I should develop one. <laughs> and um, so it came through demand. And the cool thing about this how everything kind of played into it is um, during COVID, like, do you know how like the big online era boomed during COVID? I Basically, do. <laughs> you, I you, definitely you, do. We were, so, we were riding on the coattails of that boom. Yes. So that's great. And for me, that actually is when I shut down my business because the ER was needed my help and mm. I just could not keep up. So I gave all my clients away. I was trying to push people to other trainers to help them out and actually shut down the business from March until May. And then um, the ER said, or the hospital healthcare said, thank you for your time. We ran out of money and we cannot afford to have you work. Oh, no way. So, I thought it was going to be the other where we're like, <laughs> we need you seven days a week. No, no, no. So at that time I was working for a private physician group contracted okay. to a hospital and long story short, they're working at a 1% margin of error, meaning they weren't ready financially for a pandemic. So after a month, I think it was a billion dollars they lost and then basically went bankrupt. Mm -hmm. So they, they, at that time, June, they cut our hours by 50%. They also cut my salary by 50% too. And we became hourly employees. And I'm like, all right, I need to figure out how I'm going to like pay for a roof over my head, you know? So I reopened my business and started, I launched my first program. Thank God that happened because I would have like, I literally don't know how I would have paid for my rent. But then during all that free time in the middle of COVID, I had secret access to a gym in uh, Harlem where at night when basically everyone was out, I was at the gym and I was filming and creating this course. 
So I spent all summer while I was, you know, basically getting fired, not fired, but pretty much losing losing my job in the ER. I created this course. And so then even, even then, even then you're working on the kettlebell foundations course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's, it's been a process because I created it and I'm sure everyone has been in this, you know, in my shoes before of like, it's not good enough. I'm not ready to launch it. Right. And actually Katie, she was a Katie St. Clair. She was a driving force to get me to launch this course. Cause I was telling her about it and she was like, let me see it. Cause I was like, it's not good enough. Not good enough. I shared it with her. And she started yelling at me. She's like, get this out immediately. Like, what Mm -hmm. are you doing? So then uh, I put an effort to launch it this past January. And I was like, okay, I just need 25 people to sign up to get me going with this, right? It's a cohort-based course, yeah? Yeah, exactly. So I run it like every three months. So I have like a sign up, close registration. And then, so I I just like, I just need 25 people to sign up. First group, I had 48. Nice. Oh, this is a thing. Okay. There's a demand here. And then I started realizing where I was kind of going down the line. And I I was like, oh, I don't really need the ER anymore. And at this point, they were basically like, you don't have a job or you can become a hospital employee. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm out. Like, I'm cool. I'm going to take a break from this type of life and explore this online course education trainer full time. So basically that's kind of how I ended up here. And then I'm like, all right, I have an online course. My lease was ending in New York. I was like, well, I don't necessarily need to be here. Maybe I should travel the world. Mm-hmm. And it was a crazy, crazy idea at the time. But as soon as it popped in my head, as weeks went on, I was entertaining it more and more. I was like, this is actually sounds like a really good idea. It's possible. I can pay for myself. I'll still be making money and I get to see the world. And then I'm also top of all of this, working on building out a trainer certification. And I want this to be global. So it makes sense if I traveled and created rapport with gyms across the world. So when Mm -hmm. I launch it, they know me and my brand. So it just made sense. And before I knew it, things just fell right into place. And I left for Europe in April and I'm still here. (laughs) Nice. That's a good story so far. I'm sure. I'm sure if I talk to you in another year's time, there'll be a lot more uh, added on to that. And now you're like, I think you're like the envy of most of the industry now at the moment because people are watching you travel and watching you make a little bit of money as well and paying for that and stuff. So, and and like that is pretty much, it, even coaches who are like, they hate the online space. Like it's, they, they say, it's, oh, you're not a coach if you're not coaching in person on the gym floor every day, which is bullshit. But um they would be very jealous of of what you're doing at the moment. So good job. Excellent. That's why I wanted to talk to you as well, because I was like, yeah, people want to, I think it's nice for people to hear different, different stories like that. And yeah, so very, very cool. So uh, when was your first cohort? Did you say? It was January. I ran January, had one May and I'm in the middle of one, my third one for, and this will run until December. Yeah. And then you start. So I do it three times a year and it's okay. been awesome. Nice. Excellent. How long is it? Three months. So 12 three months. months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you had 48 people sign up for your first one. Yeah. Which I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to manage all this? But it was very manageable. Yeah. But that just shows like you've put into work for a few, like several years and, and people have been waiting to, they've been asking you for something. I see people on Instagram all the time or social media, like, 
start something six weeks ago and they think, oh, why am I not getting paid yet? You know? So yeah, I'm going to ask you now, how much do you charge? You can so, tell me if you want. I know it's there. It's probably there on the well, website. Anyway, there, so. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. I'm going to do, I'm going to do this max in my head now just to figure <laughs> out how is she paying for this trip? <laughs> well, you know, funny, before I answer that, the funny thing is, is as we all know, living in New York is crazy expensive. Yeah. I'm actually saving a lot of money by not being there and traveling mm-hmm. around. Like, yeah, like flights and whatnot, but it's really not that much of a difference. But mm-hmm. so this group, the third time running it, I charged $350 a month for three months. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so you I, I don't do I don't do public math, but I'll get the I'll get the calculator out later on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, but that sounds good. That sounds great. And is that your only revenue stream now at the moment? Or do you have like programs or are you coaching people online as well or what? Yeah. So I also have programs that I'm selling and they're just like DIY programs. And then I used to have some people that I would train online, but with the time scheduling right now, it's really, really hard to match up. You know, I'm right now in the Middle East and a lot of my clients are in the States. So I stopped that in the meantime, Mm -hmm. and then I'll do like one-off webinars and stuff like that. And then like um, tutorials. But I would say that is my main consistent stream of income. And then actually, it's really cool. As I'm traveling, people I'm meeting or people that know me through social media, I'm actually training them too while I'm here. So like, for example, in Croatia, while I was there for three months, there was a girl that wanted to train with me. So I got to still get that in-person experience while I was living abroad. So that was really cool too. Yeah, nice. And you probably get a little bit of content from that as well, do you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... What's your schedule then on a daily basis? Like, let's say <laughs> roughly, or is, is there a, is there a, is there a schedule or is it just like wake up and see what you need to do, which is kind of my schedule? Yeah. I try to be a little bit structured, but it's really hard. So just to give you reference on, I came from a life of working full-time in the ER and working full-time online. So mm-hmm. I had zero free time, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever read the book, um, four hour work week? That's kind of like my life, right? So technically right now running the course, I teach a lecture for an hour. I review assignments for about an hour and a half, two hours. Pretty much that's all I need to do right now per week. Yeah. Obviously that's not, you know, what I do, but sometimes depends. It's mainly social media, you know, yeah. keeping up with it. But yeah, so a typical day for me is I wake up. I try to wake up early, right? And um, what time is early now? You're going to have to tell us. Well, right now, this is really sad. So mind you, this is post-surgery, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about. In a bit. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> right now I'm waking up around 11, 12 o'clock. <laughs> Are you counting that as early? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> because <laughs> this is not me, but being that I'm recovering, I'm like mm-hmm. averaging 12 hours of sleep a day. It's really crazy. But for me, early in real world time would be seven, eight o'clock. Okay, cool. Okay. You're off the hook. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, right now I'm like struggling to get up at 9 a.m. But I'm forcing myself just to try to get, because I really don't like waking up that late and half the day is already gone. Like it's a waste for me. Yeah. Yeah. But your body just tells you like when you're after being, when when you've been sick or whatever. I always think it, not, not, not in the same way as obviously you at the moment, but like, I always think 
oh, if I got if I caught a bad flu or something, I'd still be fine. I'd motor on. And then when actually it happens, my body's just like, no, all I want you to do right now is sleep. When you wake up, what happens next? So usually I'm the freshest mentally when I wake up. So have a cup of coffee and then I get to the creative part of the business. So I get to things that require a little bit more out of me, whether if it's content creation, whether if it's website stuff, course development. So I will do work for about two to three hours. I try not to work more than that. And then um, get to movement, some type of working out. I'm definitely used to midday um, working out just how my body's from New York. Cause it was like, you know, wake up clients midday. That's the only free time you had. Mm-hmm. And then, um, after that, when my brain's a little bit more tired, I'll get to the, the things that don't require you to think much like answering emails or answering DMS and like doing stuff like that or jumping on calls. And then, um, after that, I try to do something outdoors if I haven't been outdoors. And that's a cool thing about traveling is wherever I'm at. I get to explore. So in Tel Aviv here, there's a beach a block away from me. So I go and walk the boardwalk, go to the beach, go for a swim and just get to enjoy like the evening. And that's pretty much the sta- standard day. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, that's, that's so good. That's like not necessarily my dream, but I think something I'd like to work more towards. But then again, I always say that and like we probably could do that right now and we're not, you mm-hmm. know, because we're trying to like push, but I think if we can get to the stage where we have our like our courses out and yeah, I'm gonna I'm working on like some kind of pre-recorded course, I think, and then it would be more of a live interactive course, like something like you're you're doing. Mm-hmm. But I think the hard the hard part probably is just getting to the stage where you actually have that stuff released and then you can kind of profit off the back of that a little bit and maybe the the work isn't as much then. So that's why I'm very impressed with you that you were able to get that together while working pretty much two full-time jobs at the same time. I um, said in one of my webinars before, and I was like introducing people or myself to people. And I was like, I'm either crazy or a genius between (laughs) a full-time job and building a business on the side. But the funny thing about this is I actually went to um, a marketing conference in London when you guys are in the States. I was right next door. And in this marketing conference, I learned so much my background is medical and fitness, right? So I'm a sideline typing, Googling, like what's a KI? Like, I didn't know there was different types of websites, HTML, like, like my knowledge is zip. Mm-hmm. And they, I was talking to some people on the side and telling about my business. And they're like, do you have pixels set up? Do you have, I was like, what's that? Yeah. Like, You're not anything. Yeah. And they're like, how are you surviving as a business? And how are you doing so well? And I was like, passion. <laughs> so after that, they basically said that I'm running my business blind and I need to start, you know, so now I am now that I know, but it's amazing to see after almost, almost a year in of how well this is doing with me, not even have a clue from like the marketing and business side of how to do it. I'm learning as I go, but mm-hmm. I love, and I'm so passionate about what I'm teaching that almost like it doesn't matter. It's going to enhance my business, of course, Yeah, but it, you know, it just goes to show that that is so, so important when you're, we're doing what we're doing, you know, hundred yeah. percent. I, I couldn't agree more. And I've been, we've been there. We're learning as we go. I still, I actually try and stay away from as much of the website stuff. I couldn't log into my website. If you ask me, I, I would not have a clue kira goes in there we have a a web boy, web guy as well that's just like a contractor for us so i i wouldn't have a clue but 
I would like to. I would like to be better at that stuff, but I've kind of skipped over it a little bit because my time is better spent elsewhere. But I still, we still probably suffer because I'm not good enough at it. But people make the mistake of like with the brand where they come out with, they try and they try and figure out like the best brand name, the fancy T-shirts, the website, all of that stuff, and there's just no substance behind it. And you can't, you can make money you know for a short period of time but what you're talking about is doing something global and having a a, a certification and all of this stuff like mm-hmm. marketing just won't i don't think marketing will will get you there because word you need word of mouth to spread and you need people to actually do your courses and say that was that was amazing exactly and that's mm-hmm. the best marketing right there is referrals and word of mouth mm-hmm. you know that's like the most important thing mm-hmm. but you know, it's a learning experience for sure. And I agree with you. So I understand I, years ago, I remember um, an entrepreneur told me a successful businessman or businesswoman is one that is able to delegate tasks to others. And I understand that. And I'm just waiting. I'm so I'm baby in this game. You know, I'm not even a year in and I'm just waiting for the times where I can start delegating. I'm creating systems of like, when I hire out of like, this is how you do this, this, and this. So I'm already kind of preparing Mm. my business for that, but I cannot wait for the day to be able like, you run this, you run that. But, um, it's good now it's taking me, you know, a lot more hours than I would like to learn. But also I now when I go to hire or whenever I hire, I can speak their language and know what to look for and know I'm not going to get duped and stuff like exactly. that. So that is really important um, and why I value this learning experience right now. Yeah. It's really important because if you were hiring a tech person, like you could be hiring them or even contracting a tech person, they could they could quote you something and they could be saying this could this is going to take 20 hours work and it could take them 20 minutes and you wouldn't have a clue. Totally. And that's that is a scary thing as well. Like for 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 me, that's definitely a scary thing that mm-hmm. they could be just completely duping you and you don't have a you don't have a clue. What was the name of the marketing conference? It was called Digimarcon. Okay. London. They're all over. I met some really cool people there. Um mm-hmm. learned a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally putting the place. Yeah. Yeah. So you so you're getting your like, do you have your do you have a email list, a newsletter in place and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was the one thing I took away years ago. I think it was with Kyle, Kyle Dobbs of like, if you're not starting email list, start today. So yeah. I've been building that. And now it's just, um, the biggest thing is just tracking and analytics right now, but email lists, newsletters are going running social, finally getting on different social accounts. Cause you know, like the big question is when, Instagram is going down. What are you going to do? You can't be solely focused on that. You have to hit other things, mm-hmm. um, starting blogs and stuff like that. So fully jumping into this online world. Yeah, there's a lot to do. Uh, do you have like any funnels set up? Do you have like a free a free gift if we so- sign up to our newsletter, that type of thing? Yeah, I have um, a free tutorial. Yeah. So essentially, if you sign up or I'll like push one new thing, I'm like, oh, you get a free Turkish get up tutorial. Oh, nice. or, yeah, stuff like that. So a little give and go. Yeah, perfect. So then someone comes on and do you have like a funnel then where they're getting automatic emails for a few weeks after that? Not yet. Everything. So I just hired a marketing team. Oh, nice. So their work, yeah. So that, that was my first investment. And they are working on creating what, I don't even know what you call it, where like you're just saying, 
people subscribe and then they have a follow-up email. Yeah. So they're working on creating that. Otherwise I've been manually doing everything. So like yeah. I'll have on my calendar alarm, make sure to email this group yeah. <laughs> and I'll create a personalized email. Like, Hey, thanks for joining. You know? So <laughs> yeah. But all them emails are, you, you just save them emails and then you just end up having put them into a campaign basically. So if someone gets tagged and then they go into a campaign. Look, we've, we've done a bit of this, but like, mostly I have people sign up to my email list and I tell them you're going to go into this, like, oh, here's all the emails you're going to get from us with all different information, <laughs> but I've never get anything. So it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just, I'm just trying to do too much stuff and I never, I like just stuff everywhere. So I'm trying to figure it out, but, um, that's cool with the marketing stuff. This is, this is like, this sounds like an interrogation where I'm just asking you all the questions, but um, I love it. <laughs> I think I look. I think people should be listening to this and thinking, like, okay, I would love to. I bet you, if you any, if you asked anyone listening to this, they would say, I would love to do what Sam is doing in whatever. Like, you know, I'd love to have the option to be able to travel and teach and and work X amount of hours. But mm-hmm. what people often say to me is, oh, like you are are me or someone else like someone else who's actually successful they have they're just different to me like they have all of this stuff and they're all really smart and blah 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 and i'm not and it's just like no you just haven't seen the little steps and the struggles along the way that help someone actually get there you know yeah the biggest thing is if you're willing to put in the time and effort and if it's something you really want you'll make it happen you know and it's like how bad do you want it and how how much, I mean, this essentially, if you were to look at it, this was 10 years in the making to be at where I'm at. It's not like I randomly was like, oh, let's just get up and leave and figure it out. You know, everything kind of lined up perfectly, but even then it's like, how bad do I want it? Am I willing to sell everything? Am I willing to leave my family and friends behind to do this? You know? So it's a lot of questions that you have to ask and those answers will dictate if you actually do it or not, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Short term for me, this is definitely not a lifestyle mm-hmm. where I want to like jump around. I need a little bit more stability, but I'm also trying to figure out where that next place is. So I figured, mm-hmm. why not travel and figure it out? <laughs> yeah. So phase phase one was like the Instagram stuff, and then create some of the pro the DIY programs. Phase two was your Kettlebell Foundations course, and then phase three is it's more of a certification. Yeah. So. Ultimately, it's going to be a trainer certification. And how this all came to be was actually from uh, medicine, my background. So I didn't understand why I had to go through this intense schooling to become a clinician, right? Where I had didactic written exams, but also practical exams, where I would walk into a room given a patient scenario and have to navigate that situation and get tested on that. And I'm like, wait, but trainers also are on the floor, deal with patients and or clients, but yet our trainer certification is taking a test online and all of a sudden you're a trainer. That didn't make sense to me. So I I was originally inspired by Mike Boyle's certification, how it was a mixture of both, where you had to show up in person and show me how are you going to navigate a training or a workout with someone. Mm -hmm. So ultimately into the kettlebell world, there's really not something like that out there. It's the kettlebell certifications that are out there now is, can you perform a skill? Can you do this endurance test? And then 5%, not even, is a little bit on coaching. 
but then it's a trainer certification. And I'm just like, you have these trainers. And I was one of them. I took all the kettlebell certifications and I still didn't feel confident of how to coach these skills. Right. If you have someone who's not competent in like a ballistic hinge and you're having them doing swings, how do you know how to regress or progress that? Right. So that's where I'm stepping in and my business is going to be where I'm going to teach you how to coach kettlebells safely and efficiently. Mm -hmm. So you show up to the in-person certification, you're going to basically walk into a scenario and you're going to be graded on how you're going to test or not test someone, but be graded on how well you interact with a client taken through a workout. And let's say the client doesn't know how to squat. What are you going to do as a coach to help them to get them squatting right now in that session? Right. Mm-hmm. So they'll be graded on that. And then basically get asked questions of like, what if this happens in that? And I think that's a better way to test how well you will be on the floor because it's just real life situations, scenarios. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm working on now. And um, I have the outline and syllabus done. Now it's just kind of fine tuning some things and uh, it's wild. <laughs> Crazy. Nice. I'm with you 100% the how to coach everything I do with with like education wise is about obviously teaching the theory and stuff like that and it's like how do you actually coach this because people are talking about all fancy biomechanics and stuff like that and I love that stuff but then you watch people actually how do you get your client to be successful with this and they do not have a clue and it's yes. like all of that knowledge is just absolutely useless at this point Actually, it's worse than useless. Useless. You'd be better off not knowing it because you're just confusing yourself, knowing stuff, and not actually being able to coach. It's right. it's astounding to me. And then, like for example, with the with the you know like the breathing type of stuff that's going around at the moment, some people then will will say, oh, "This doesn't work. It's useless. Like it doesn't work because I'm not getting results, or I've I've tried it myself, or I've tried it with." some other some clients and i'm like show me how you actually do it it's like like, of course it doesn't work look at the state of what you've just done why would you expect that to work so um that is definitely the future of the industry is like actually how to coach how to communicate how to use how to critically think and problem solve that is 100 missing from pretty much every course i've i would say every course i've ever done and i've done a lot and it's it's i get it it's really hard to teach a course and I call it the gray area, right? Because we like black and white. It's easy. If this, then that. I mm-hmm. get that. But we have to understand as clinicians, as pra- practitioners, as trainers, we work in a gray area. If this works for this client, it may not work for that client. And you have to know how to critically think and figure it out to work for them. So teaching that is pretty tough because it's like, well, it depends. And, you know, but I think it's possible. You know, I think people who've done it, who have been experienced and has have that experience can create semi systems, <laughs> semi mm-hmm. um, patterns that you can look for and just know it's not end all be all. Because what drives me up a wall is like, I thought kettlebell swings, you can't bend your knees at all. That was like the most recent thing. I'm like, okay, how about you swing right now and not bend your knees and tell me how it goes, right? Stuff like that. I'm like, where did that even come from? You yeah. know? Someone just mentioned that one day and then someone else took it. Yeah. And it's, it's like mad. the truth. And I'm like, no, how about let's think about why you would want to bend your knees, et cetera, et cetera, then actually because so-and-so said so. So that's where I'm really honing in on, you know, my students in the course of like, well, let's talk about why. Let's have you talk through this or think through this 
so you can understand why it would work here, but not in this scenario. Yeah, so, yeah. Cr- critical thinking is the hardest thing to to teach by far. You're not taught that in the schooling system at all. Like from when you first enter there at four years of age, you're not. You're just saying, "What is the answer? Is it this answer or that answer?" And like that, that just doesn't work when you're working with human beings, really. You know, right. so it's it's a tricky one. I I'm with you on that, but I think if you can get it, if you can get that right, then like you're gonna you're gonna help a lot of people and the mm. quality of the work would be far 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 superior so that's cool that's really good have you noticed an improvement in your social media engagement and like not engagement i don't like that word but like mm. has it has it worked better for you since you've actually been traveling as well and you've been more showing a bit of your life as well you know actually no i haven't noticed i actually don't think it's interesting because my followers, most of them are lifers, meaning I have people that have been following me for years, right? Mm-hmm. So they love seeing my personal stuff and what I'm doing back and forth. The new people that are coming in, since that trust and rapport hasn't built, I really don't think they care. It doesn't matter. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if you like it, stay. If you don't leave, I don't care. <laughs> but I see it as regardless of how many followers I have, how much percentage of those followers can I impact? You know, whether if it's a hundred thousand or two thousand of that thousands or of those hundreds, how many can I finally impact? Because there may be someone that followed me five years ago that hasn't done any of you know my courses and whatnot, and then finally they decide they want to learn more five years later. So I'm more about uh, retention rate and keeping those people happy and educated any way that I can and. I'm not really looking. I mean, obviously, growth is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mean growth, though, necessarily. I mean, I, I do. I actually mean that impact, like that impact that you're having. Do you feel like you're having better impact with the people that do follow you? Not necessarily that you're getting loads and loads and loads of new followers. Uh, you know? Yeah. I think I think people appreciate. I don't know. They can tell me. But so far of what I've gauged, I think they do appreciate learning more about my personal life and me humanizing yeah. myself. Because I think before I was very, very business and didn't really share much of my personal life. Yeah. And now that I am, I think people are like, oh, wow. Because even when I'm traveling, people that I've never met before, they'll reach out like, hey, I see you're in my city. Let's hang out. And they're not like intimidated by wanting to meet me. Like even today, I just um, had lunch and worked out with one of the girls on Instagram, never met, but got along so well. So that's really cool of be- yeah. being able to um, let them feel that I'm not this person on a pedestal i hope never no one would ever think that about any of us you know that we're just human just like you living life (laughs) yeah hey guys just a quick break from the show i'm just trying to figure something out here you might be able to help me so each episode of the podcast gets about a thousand or so listens in the first week or first couple of weeks maybe a bit more than a thousand but for dj interactive we actually only have 700 and about 30 coaches and therapists signed up at this moment so that means there's about 300 and maybe more like we actually sometimes get like 1500 or 2000 listens to a podcast so that means there's at least 300 people who are listening every week but are not signed up to DJ Interactive which just doesn't make sense you're obviously interested you obviously want to learn you obviously well not obviously but you definitely if you're being honest with yourself you have 10 or 15 minutes every week to learn a little bit of something very cheap value is very high and it takes 10 or 15 minutes a week to learn all this stuff and it'll come back to you tenfold because you'll be a better coach slash therapist 
you learn a lot about movement and you'll enjoy it along the way which is important hopefully uh, like you hopefully enjoy the podcast so if you're one of those 300 odd people make sure you click into the show notes sign up for DJ interactive yeah you'll enjoy that and you'll have even more content to dig your teeth into so now back to the show i know it's impossible to measure i can't see how you like what what you're doing on your social media at the moment couldn't mm-hmm. be beneficial i cannot mm-hmm. see i think it's a big deal like even i spoke to kira just this morning i said oh i'm talking to sam today and just 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 chatting and saying like and he and he is, is ranting in particular you think i should ask her or anything like that and we were talking about your social media and she said like she said it's just been very nice for her to follow even more more recently and we've both been following you for a few years now probably but i think her words were something like it's nice to see like a very smart intelligent strong business woman who's doing the things that she wants to do living the life she wants to live and she has like the dream body or something like that and uh, so that was that was Kira's words. And like before, I don't know, six months ago, she might have said she's really strong and she has a dream body and not all of the other stuff. You know, so um, I think that's I think that's uh-huh. cool. And uh, I think people think that their social media needs to be this super like yeah. everything has to be this fitness thing or like if I show anything outside of that, I'm going to I'm going to struggle. And my experience has been the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And it's, it's hard because it's easy to get caught up with the Joneses of social media, you know, and I always remind myself and actually you, Katie, Kyle, you guys, I look up to, um, just like, they're just being you, especially, especially with your comments. I love how you just like put things on and it's just, I can see your personality and character, even though like we never met in person through your comments of what you make, you know, the comments that you make on your posts. And I think that's really really important to be able to like, wow, I'm learning from him, but also getting a taste of who David Gray is, you know? So I try to stick to that and say, Hey, I'm going to teach you something, but also like, this is who I am. Yeah. I think that two things just with regards to me and this conversation, one, the podcast, I think that's helped a, a ton with that. It's not it's not, never going to be a number one podcast or anything like that. But like I have a group of one to 2000 people who listen to pretty much every episode. Mm-hmm. And I think those people feel hopefully feel like they know me and then obviously some of my guests better as well. And I feel like if I started running the in-person workshops 12 months ago versus now, I feel like they wouldn't have been mm-hmm. they, like they're all they're all selling out. Like, so I feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel like the podcast and just the the personal side of it, like people actually want to come and meet me and I want to meet them rather than just they're coming for the information, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and I think you're going to mm-hmm. find that as well. Or maybe you're, you're probably already finding that as well. People are actually want to meet you and hang out with you and get the, get your, like your, when you go to an event, especially, I think you're paying for like the energy of being in the room as much as you are paying for the people don't even know that maybe when they're booking the event, they don't realize that. But, but that, that's what they're half of the reason they're paying for it is like the energy of getting in the room with someone. Oh, totally. Yeah. I can't wait to get back to running some workshops when I get back to the States and I'm actually working on creating a retreat with um, two of my girlfriends. Um, Ah. Yeah. So, so I totally agree. Like that stuff is so important for people just to experience 
like the energy that you bring, the energy that they bring with you, you know, the best compliment that I got was actually one of, I could now, I now call her my friend, but she uh, followed me on Instagram and then um, found out that I was in Portugal. So she reached out and she's like, Hey, let's meet. And we met in person. She goes, you know what, Sam? She's like, I felt like I already knew you. She's like, you are exactly who you are in person, the way you portray yourself online. And I thought about that. I was like, wow, that pe- the fact that she's saying that tells me that there are people that are not like that, where mm-hmm. online there's put this, put on this personification, meet in person, and they're completely different. So I was like, wow, that's really awesome. And it just goes to show of the authenticity, you know, of like staying true to who do I am. And I'm not this false person. I'm just as goofy, you know, in person and smart in person as I am online, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. It's hard to keep up that. I think it would be hard to keep up that game for too long if you are faking it. Like, you know, especially when you do start to show more of your life. Like, yeah, I just don't think it would it would work for particularly long. Now, maybe some people can do it, but like guarantee they're not happy either because they have to put on this. Now, look, I have to when I'm uh, sometimes when I'm doing social media, I'm like. I'm like, oh, OK, blah, blah, blah. And then and then I click record. And I'm like, hey, guys, like, you know. <laughs> So you do have to pump yourself up a bit, but like, that's not, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's being fake. It's just like, okay, I have to, I can't be moping on this, um, on this video here, but, uh, any, um, any tips for the content creation side of things? I mean, number one is authentic, you know, be who you are. That's what's going to make you unique and stand out everyone else. Cause I could be teaching the same thing as any other kettlebell coach, but how I say it and how I, you know, just kind of put in a flare of me behind that is what's going to make it different than something else. And then being consistent, you know, being authentic and being consistent of just putting out a similar message, putting out a similar concept throughout. I think you're really going to go far with that. And people will naturally be drawn to you and love you. You know, mm-hmm. do you think it's very important that you pick the, a niche with the kettlebells? You know, I was just talking about that today. Niches are good. You have to be okay with being, unfortunately, labeled as the kettlebell girl. <laughs> um, however, I think I think it's good. So this is my opinion. I think it's good to have a niche, but I also think it's good to go outside of that niche too, but know that this is your core. This is a core of what most of you're going to be focusing on. But hey, I also do barbells. Hey, I also do dumbbells, calisthenic, whatever that is or I like surf and what other, whatever you want to put in there, but having a, having a focus, but not strictly sticking to that just to show more well-roundedness. But if you're strictly doing that, then I guess just do that, but that's not me, you know? So I try to create that balance. Yeah. It's a tricky one, especially if you're going to go, if you, especially if you're going to like, you are moving into the education space, that's where Mm -hmm. having a niche is more helpful. I think. You know, because you can, you can, you can break through and be very targeted with your content. It's true. It is, it is tricky to figure out. Like I've battled with that for a couple of years ago, uh, for a couple of years now with the, with the niche side of things. Cause we don't, I don't really have a niche, but then I kind of do, which is like rehab. But then some people are very successful with just like, this is like, they just, they just do hip rehab or knee rehab. And I suppose maybe we're kind of niche towards lower limb rehab a bit more, but I t- I just talk about that on Instagram and social media more, but I do loads of lower back, upper back, 
shoulder neck lines and stuff like that so i don't know i don't know i go around in circles on this all the time no yeah i mean i think you explained it very well is that your you know tone is rehab the next focal point is lower body but you tap into full body it just may not be as much as lower but you're showing showcasing people that you also do other things you know and I yeah. think I think that's like a good tier if I were to break it down, a good tier system of how to organize that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe like you might find yourself breaking through on the kettlebell stuff. And then in the future, then you can have other things that you're selling related to all the other stuff that you that you know. But maybe if you try and sell everything and try and be an expert on everything or talk like you're an expert on everything in the beginning, then that that might be you might not break through in the first place at all. So Right. Yeah. It's 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 something to it's definitely it's definitely something to think about. And the ultimate example of that is like knees over toes guy. Ah, yes. You know? And it was all his content was like knees, 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 knees. And now they kind of and it still is, but now they talk about it's like, okay, we can fix we can fix and we can bulletproof every joint in the body, this kind of thing. So um so yeah, I think he's probably a, a great example of that. Okay. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your recent few weeks? Yeah. Speaking of personal life. Yeah. So in the midst of all of this greatness that was going on, actually back in uh, May, I noticed some things and uh, felt a lump on my breast and my mom has a history of breast cancer. So I was in Croatia by myself at this time and had a moment and I was like, okay. And also coming from the medical background, you can imagine we think the worst quickly. So I pretty much got it checked out at the time. The doc didn't think um, much of it. Essentially, there's this very common in young females, introductal papilloma. Basically, it's just abnormal cells within the, the mammillary ducts. They're not cancerous. However, they can turn into cancer. So at the time, the doc said, hey, you're going to need this out. It's not emergent surgery, but you're going to have to get it out. So um, I had my summer and our plan was to come back in September to do this. Well, as the summer progressed, symptoms started actually getting worse. So I saw one doctor and as a clinician, I tell every single one of my patients, and I still do to this day, always, no matter what, always get a second opinion. And I wasn't even taking my own advice. I'm like, Sam, what are you doing? So (laughs) that's how we are, right? Yeah, I've been there. Don't worry. Not with with that, but with everything else in my life. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, how about you take your own advice for once? And I did. And thank God I did because I had uh, a repeat ultrasound and basically it either was missed or it got worse. And the type of surgery I was going to have changed into a different type of surgery. Basically, it's a little bit more extensive and also a little bit more urgent. This new surgeon uh, was basically like, you can have it this weekend. I wouldn't wait longer than a week. Mm. And I'm like, okay, all right. That speaks volumes to me. So uh, basically, Um, They took it out. It was a diagnostic and therapeutic procedure where they took out a quarter of my milk ducts in one of my breasts. And basically that was two weeks ago. Basically I'm still waiting for results. It's been a journey. My mind likes to downplay a lot of things. So my body keeps telling me that my body keeps reminding me you had major surgery. My mind is saying like, why are you so exhausted all the time? (laughs) So yeah, I will say the hardest part on all of this wasn't actually going through the um, procedure, wasn't going through the decision-making. 
oddly enough, and this is me personally, the hardest part was showing vulnerability, uh, which is a crazy learning experience for me because especially publicly when I shared this, it was really hard for me to share it because I'm seen as this educator, this person that people look up to, to get information from. And now I'm showing, you know, this part where I'm down for the count and I can't hold up to this right now. I have to take care of myself. And that was really hard. You know, it's still a process. And of course I'm like, I'm back. And here I am like trying to create posts, you know, and create content for everyone as I'm like in, in the hospital bed, I'm like, Sam, stop, like take care of yourself. <laughs> what are you doing? You crazy. So that's more or less been a, quite a learning experience for myself, but I guess goes to show on the positive side of how much I love what I do and how much I care about educating and teaching that it gives me joy doing this. And I mm-hmm. feel, I love, I love it. But at the same time, there needs to be boundaries where I have to say you need to recover. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Do you think you caught it early when you in back in May? Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I didn't have symptoms, it could have just been staying there and brewing and, Mm -hmm. you know, something like this, which we think it's introductal papilloma. If it does get missed, and this is how usually cancer can develop is it gets missed. You can't tell. And then all of a sudden it turns into a tumor. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a blessing disguise that this all happened also that it happened in Croatia and not the States, but that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping on. I was caught early. It's one and done and I can move on. Cause mm-hmm. honestly, like I don't have time for this. Like, yeah, I got to get through it, but I have things like I told you guys, I have things that I need to do certifications to build and the world to travel. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what were the symptoms just in case, just for anyone else listening? Yeah. So, um, if you don't mind, I don't, you, don't, you can, sure. I don't yeah. So basically, um, I was bleeding from my nipple. And I thought like I accidentally cut myself and then actually noticed where it was coming from. Mm -hmm. And then I did a self-exam, which for females, like you guys need to do a self-exam. You need to learn how to do it because it's so common and prevalent to have this and breast lumps and mass and be able to determine the difference between the two. Anyways, self lump, uh, self breast exam. And I noticed uh, a lump and usually a concerning lump is hard fixed and not tender where it's just like not painful. Mm -hmm. I found that. And I'm like, it's literally when you do, when you find that and have those symptoms with bloody discharge, it's cancer until proven otherwise. So that alone, it was like red flag alert. I need to get this taken care of immediately. And then that's when I went to the doctor and got the ultrasound. They found Excellent. And um, you're kind of, you're kind of waiting now to get the final all clear. Yeah. Yeah. They, they suspect basically the doctor said 90% benign, 10% cancerous, but they're doing this to rule out that 10% because that's a big hefty 10%, you know? Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, it looks like you've, you've bounced back very, very well. So thank you very much for, for coming on. I think you're a, a big inspiration. And I think there's more females in particular in the fitness industry that need strong female characters to look up to and that are well in the world probably in general but and i'm not a big feminist person or anything like that but like i think i don't know i just see when kira kira is looking at people and i'm and me too like like just looking at girls who are strong and look well and are smart and are building a business and are doing stuff i think that's 
very cool and very important for for other people because there's a lot of shitty people to look up to in that people look up to in the industry so um we need some some good people too appreciate that thank you you're welcome is there anywhere that people you'd like people to go to have a look at all your stuff i'm sure aside from all the business talk obviously you're an excellent coach as well so i'm sure that there's loads of people that would like to check out your courses and um certifications and stuff yeah definitely um one stop shop is going on instagram i have everything in the bio as far as getting to it but my instagram is at my name s-c-i-a c-c-i-a <laughs> say, um, say that again s-c-i-a c-c-i-a yeah yeah which is cha-cha cha-cha yeah. And then my business is um, Bell Mechanics. So that also has an Instagram that I'm building and growing. And that's at Bell underscore mechanics. Pretty straightforward. But then from there, you can see, you can get to the courses, you can get through tutorials, some free stuff. So yeah, all the fun things. Excellent. You think it's important to have two, the two Instagrams? No. <laughs> I... Uh... <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly um that is a consistent conversation I'm having with myself of why I have bell mechanics. I'm figuring out figuring it out why I have it. It was like mm-hmm. more of an impulse make of like I have a brand so here. But still people I think having a page no matter what it is is a page where people trust, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's my personal brand. But I'm also, I think later on it will be because I'm trying to detach Sam Siassi to Bell Mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be, I want to have other people running it and being a part of it too. So I don't want to be just Sam. Yeah. 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 That's why I created it for the long term. But right now it's, you know. Yeah. I don't know. A hundred percent. I like you know? that's again, we're, we have all the same problems at the moment. Yeah. Uh, we, we we honestly do because same here like my business is my is my name but in in one way i've like really embraced the personal brand thing over the last 12 months i fought against that for so long and then i just was like okay i'm just gonna call my podcast that our business that all of these things but there is uh not for everyone now but there is a limit to like how much you can scale that it's it's very it's very tricky. It's just another one of them things that there's probably no right answer to either, you know. You know, you know I'm thinking of this, I think it depends on what you're offering and what you're selling. Yeah. So where the bell mechanics and trying to create that stemmed from was the certification, right? I don't want to be like trainer under Sam Siasi, trainer under Bell Mechanics or Bell Mechanics trainer. Mm-hmm. So ultimately I knew down the line, I always wanted to create a certification. So that was my driving force to separate the two. But if it's just like, you know, selling courses and selling programs is not really necessarily that needed, yeah. in my opinion, at least. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. And then maybe we'll, we'll, we'll have a certification or something in the future as well. So it just, you're right. It needs to be something else at that stage. Like, you know, so that's that that's the hard part. That's the biz- That's the business part. And you know what? You'll never know really if you made the right call or not. Even if it was super successful, it doesn't mean that the other thing wouldn't have worked as well. Right. So yeah, but I suppose someone like Kelly Starrett, let's say, like he had, he always had like Mobility Wad or whatever the hell it was, sep- separate to him, which meant it probably didn't have to be him teaching every single thing. Which ultimately, if you want to do the four-hour work week, is going to be important. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
Okay, excellent, Sam. Thank you very much. Do you have any other final final thoughts or bits of sage wisdom for us? Are we good? I would say, you know, to anyone who's listening, what like right now I'm just all about, not right now, forever, whatever you envision and dream, think about all the obstacles that are keeping you from it and then start working on getting rid of those obstacles. It may take one year, may take 10 years, but coming from where I'm at now, it is so worth getting through that to live out your dream and your passion, like hands down, so worth it. So I just encourage everyone and anyone who's listening of to really make waves towards that because you're going to be so happy and so fulfilled that as a human being, and it's going to be beneficial in the long run for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Ticking off one problem at a time, and then every time you tick <laughs> off one, like another one comes in at the other end of the list. Like you know, <laughs> as you're experiencing now, definitely with the business side of things. Yeah. Uh, is there any yeah. big? Ob- what's the next big business obstacle, or even <laughs> small one? What are you trying to figure out? I'm honestly trying to figure out if I made the right decision of hiring a marketing team. (laughs) 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 Just because especially um, someone who is in a position to where I came to be, I'm very particular and like things. So handing them off to a group is really, really tough. But yeah, I would, I would say immediately that's what it is, is just (laughs) making the right decision of hiring the right people. What is there? What are you asking them to do? Ultimately, so we're starting to work on A-B testing for newsletters, prep for launch of what will work for launches of the course, and then also um, starting to dabble into ads, A-B testing for ads and putting in the right words with the right pictures and making sure that is to brand and also making sure that it is me, you know, that's being, or my business that's being replicated or represented. So that's the hardest part. And it's just a lot of revisions, a lot of back and forth yeah. and whatnot. But yeah, ultimately we're currently working on that to start pushing some, yeah. some things. Yeah. I would say there, even if it's the wrong marketing team and it, and the marketing doesn't work, it's still worth it mm. because you're going to learn so much and you learn what doesn't work and you just, you just need to We've made we've made a lot of mistakes. We've spent mm. probably wasted money doing different things, but like you just you just can't avoid it because it's the it's that is the price of trying to move at speed. And speed in business is the most important thing by far. We've been way too slow doing several things, but like we have moved fairly fast at other things. And I would say the thing that's hold, held us back by far is our lack of speed on some things. And if you're willing to spend to spend money to get things to happen a little bit faster, even if that means making a mistake, it means you've made that mistake much faster. Rather than just waiting another 12 months to try and figure out what marketing team should I hire or what how do I do this A-B testing, I would just say, just fucking just do it. Now, if you don't have money, if you don't have like a little bit of cash in the bank in the business that can and you can't afford to make that mistake, that's fine. But if you do, and not not saying necessarily you do, but like I would say, investing in that speed is, even if it's speed making a mistake, is still a good investment. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and I appreciate that because it's always like the question, and I don't know if you ask this to yourself a lot, is like, am I making the right decision? I'm mm-hmm. always asking myself that question, and you're right, it's really not because it's if 
it's always going to be a learning experience and you, it's always direct, redirect, direct, redirect. That's yeah. my, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That's, it's, that's not the, that's not, not the, the right question is, am I making the right decision? Is the right question is like, I, is this the direction I want to go? And is this, is this a, a, a decision I need to make right now? And then if it is, then is this, the best decision I can make at the moment. Like it doesn't even mean it's right, but it's just it's just better than the other options. Which and and most of the time the option that people pick is the option of doing nothing. They don't mm-hmm. fucking do it because they're afraid of making the wrong decision. I would much rather make the wrong decision and have made one and then figure it out after that. That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. And if we continue to live that way, then like all we're doing is moving, right? The yeah. worst thing you can do, like you're saying, is just stay stagnant. If you keep moving somewhere, someplace and that's how you, that's how you, this is so cliche. That's how you get places. hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. An object in motion stays in motion. An object yeah. at rest stays at rest. That's the most, imp- my business like rule is that momentum. Just keep, just keep going. So yep. as soon as we stop, uh, it's not that you can't rest like, or, or have periods where you work really hard and periods, periods where you don't, but like never, never stop trying to make move forward because it's way harder to get it going again. So think you're doing the you're doing the right thing it sounds like you have that nailed so good job sam thank you so much for coming on it was a pleasure and um i wish you all the best in all your stuff i'll be keeping a i'll be keeping an eye i'll be trying to steal as many tips from you as i can as you go along so um so thanks so much appreciate it and thank you so much for having me it was really awesome just to be able to talk to you like at the first time we were able to talk in person back before so it was fun I think you were on one of Katie's. I actually just remember when I first, when we first joined the call, I think you were on one of Katie's presentations and you asked me, that's like three years ago now. And I remember you asked me one question about a foot or something like that. Yes. Uh, you remember? So, yeah. Because I was thinking, oh, I've never actually spoken to Sam. And I was like, no, you, I heard your voice on one thing asking a question. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was a foil ago now. So, uh, okay. I'm oh. out of here. Thanks, Sam. All right. Bye. Hey guys, hope you really enjoyed that episode with Sam. A really good chat. Hope you weren't too jealous listening to her travel plans slash not plans, what she's actually doing and business building and all of these things. So definitely gave me a bit of a kick up the ass, I think. And yeah, really good chat. Make sure you check her out. Give it a share for us if you can as well. I would really appreciate it. I'm sure she would as well. Nice to get a bit of feedback for the podcast. And yeah, apart from that, make sure if you're one of those people that's not signed up yet for DJR Interactive, I'd love to see you in there. Um, learn a little bit about biomechanics, rehab, movement, performance. I don't like s- separating it necessarily into rehab or like performance because it's all the one. I just, it's just like, okay, here's how you move at the moment. Let's make you move a bit better. Let's make you a bit stronger. Let's make you a bit faster. And here's the ways that i do it and here's how i would teach other people to do it as well so 700 plus coaches and therapists in there and then there's about 300 or 300 uh, to 500 sneaky people listening to this podcast that aren't in there so i'd love if you if you, i'd love if you jumped on board it, it would mean the world to us to see you in there and um help spread this good message as well so apart from that hope you enjoyed the episode i hope you're having a good week and um every thursday our podcast drops so Make sure you have your following, click following or notification or any of that stuff. And um, we'll see you next Thursday for another episode of the DGR podcast.